0: Welcome back to Project Freelance. I am your host, Kay Inagonio. Welcome. Project Freelance is a podcast all about freelancing. Every week I come to you with a different topic, a different guest from a different industry, and we discuss what it's like to make it in their field as a freelancer, a self-employed individual who creates their own job opportunities, creates their own schedule, and they chase their money. They chase their money hard, and they chase their dreams and their passions harder. So this week on Project Freelance, I have two fellas that created a documentary by the name of Barn Burner. It is about the rise of the Lancaster metal community scene, and it features bands such as August Birds Red, Texas in July, This or the Apocalypse, Me or the Apocalypse, and it is a testament to the metal community of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. This place is so unique and so interesting it's a clash of not only culture but time you have the Amish community you have the Mennonites and you have your uh regular folk (laughs) all trying to live and make amazing music in the same area and this was this was a podcast that came about because Eli simply asked me hey can you share a post about our our documentary that's coming out on your Instagram and I said hey Why don't we do a whole podcast episode about it so you can talk about your film because people want to hear from you, not just me. So thank you guys for continuing to listen to Project Freelance. I truly appreciate it. I'll be quick with these uh, little pre-roll ad situations. If you guys are a filmmaker or a photographer and you need editing software, if you want to get Lightroom to edit your photos, Premiere, After Effects, Adobe Audition, anything you need for editing, for filmmaking, for being creative, check out Adobe. There are deals going on. They have, uh, until the end of December, I'm pretty sure they've got deals going on. They always have deals going on, especially if you use the links down below in the description, because those are affiliate links. I am an affiliate with Adobe. I'm also a contributor with Adobe Stock and Shutterstock. So additionally, if you want to start selling your photos, As a stock photographer and make passive income, people can buy your photos over and over and over and over and over again forever. It's great. It's a a great form of passive income, you guys. All you got to do is spend lots of hours cataloging, naming, titling, and tagging your things. But you know what? It's worth it at the end of the day. Check out all the links down below. Thank you, guys. Today's episode is sponsored by Honey. If you guys don't know what Honey is, it is an extension for your Google browser And uh, basically what it is, whenever you buy something online and you pull up your cart on that website, Honey will pop up its extension and it will automatically find discounted codes for your purchases for you. You will also get cash back on your purchases. Honey is amazing. I've actually been using it for years and I didn't even know they had an affiliate program, but they do. So if you want to join Honey and start saving money today on all your holiday purchases and all of your film photography purchases even possibly an adobe discount on top of your adobe discount download the honey app link is down in the description thank you guys let's get into this podcast please welcome eli and tyler of the barn burner documentary
1: what's up guys this is eli passage i'm the associate producer of barn burner the rise of the lancaster county metal scene a documentary about the underground metal scene in Lancashire county uh, this film features August Burns Red, Texas in July, and This or the Apocalypse, among other um, metalcore bands that past and present in the industry today. And I'm here with Tyler Horst, who is the director of the film, and we're just going to talk a little bit about the making of the film and what this film means to us, both personally and. Um, The community that we found in the scene and um, with the bands that are in the film. Hi, how's it going? I'm uh,
2: Tyler. I'm the director of Barnburner.
0: Hey, Tyler. Hi, Eli. Thank you guys for coming on today. So give me a little bit of background into the Lancaster County scene, because people listening to this may not even know what Lancaster County is, unless they've seen Amish Mafia. Uh, or if they've seen the Barnburner trailer, or if they know of any of these bands that are involved. But talk about the Lancaster scene, why it's special, what's important about it, and what it has brought to a metal community.
1: Well, both Tyler and I were raised in Lancaster County. It's a county in south-central Pennsylvania. Um, Most of the time when I'm not at home, I tell people it's about an hour north of Philadelphia, give or take. Um, It's a very small rural county, Um, and people who uh, are not aware of the metal scene generally come to Lancaster County to see the Amish and Old Order Mennonite, which most people would assume are Amish. Um, And so a big part of our documentary was trying to figure out, like, in this conservative county, um, which is conservative both politically and religiously how an underground metal scene formed and then um, how it really took hold and built an underground community which launched the careers of this year, the apocalypse, Texas in July and August spring trade.
2: Yeah, I think to add on to what Eli said, one of the, the interesting things about the area in terms of the culture is um, the presence of what most people would know as Amish or or Mennonite or the groups thereof that would be considered uh, plain people, um, or you know, folks who uh, come from that Christian Anabaptist tradition who dress very plainly, who tend to be um, at varying degrees, you know, separate from the rest of society and kind of in their own communities and usually living and, and working on farms um and it's a very uh industrious culture I, i guess i would say and no matter whether or not you come from that specific background in lancaster county as we found out that sort of uh that's That sort of remains sort of in the air and influences everything else around it. So we've sort of had this idea ourselves, but it was proven true just in the different people we talked to for the documentary. But there is a really interesting connection between that sort of do-it-yourself drive, for lack of a better term, that uh, Amish people have, um, that that Mennonite people have. Um, that just folks who have to run their own farm, like religious or not have, um, and how that like translates directly to starting your own band and having to make your own merch and book your own shows and, um, just getting people together for one common goal, which is to have a show and and write music and, and create a, a, an awesome community.
1: I would add on that a lot of people that no August Burns Red or Texas in July may have heard of the Chameleon Club, but our, fam, our film goes back further than the Chameleon Club, uh, connecting to what Tyler was talking about, the underground scene. And along with starting your band and along with um, booking your own shows and communicating with your fan base via MySpace and Pure Volume, and all the old school social medias, we were also trying to make the show production on our own. So a lot of the bands we talked to um, had no uh, tech background or uh, carpentry background, and they would just figure out how to build lights for their shows that went along with their songs that they would bring out to the fire halls where we set up shows. Um, A lot of these shows back in the day were in fire halls, they were in community halls and church basements. Um, basically, anywhere that we could, people would take our money and we would do shows. We would just do our best not to get kicked out, but anywhere that would allow us to just have, like, I don't even know, probably like 200 or so unsupervised kids show up and just put on this crazy metal show.
0: To see how far these bands have come is really a testament to what having such a strong local community and local music scene can really do for you, especially when you guys have to work so hard to create one like that. Um, So, I mean, I obviously appreciate and respect the ingenuity of the bands to, you know, figure it out because they had to. Nobody was going to do it for them. So, of course, like Lancaster, Chameleon Club, those places hold a really special place in my heart. Because the first time I went there, I was on tour with Escape the Fate, and they played at the Chameleon Club, and man, it's, it's so interesting, just the vibe of that whole town, the whole city, you know, everything there. You, you drive through so many different types of cultures, not just Amish and Mennonite and regular folks, but there's so many diverse people within the city of Lancaster, and it's, that's what makes it so, so special to me. It's like, you can be an outcast, but you can fit in there. 'Cause everybody's an outcast.
1: Definitely. That's that was one of the points of our film. Uh I believe Ricky Armelino from This Year, The Apocalypse, and um Wes Good from Front of the Willow uh talked about that. How like in the early days of the scene a lot of us felt like outcasts because we weren't athletes, we weren't um, in drama. We weren't in all the clubs in school. We were just huge music nerds. And then we just found this community of other music nerds that didn't fit in anywhere else in society. And like, even though everybody on the outside didn't really understand what we were doing at shows, it was definitely our place to be outcasts together. But it was really awesome.
0: So, Talk to me about your film backgrounds fellas
2: so this is both Eli and i's first feature film for me personally before this uh it was a hobby when I was younger um that was it, it's interesting like the the differences between Eli and myself because as as much as i was a metal and, and metalcore fan for most of my life um uh eli is a couple years older than me and so the stuff that's depicted in the film uh he has much more first hand personal experience with i mean i was uh i was in a band in high school but by that time um a lot of you know that was long after August Burns Red had released a couple albums and, and, and the, the scene had gone through a lot, like all sorts of like ups and downs. Um, so for me, um, I was like more so than playing in, in, in bands and stuff when I was younger, I, I made movies with my friends and, and cousins and things like that. So it was just sort of a hobby until, um, I went to college at Temple University, and I wasn't totally sure um, initially what I was going to do, but that work sort of um, kept calling to me, and it's what I was doing in my spare time, so um, I started studying it, and then um, sort of initially as, like, you know, I was into narrative um, films and things like that, and I sort of fell into documentary in college because I was also doing some student journalism and I liked the mixture of, you know, creating a film, creating a piece of art while being a witness to life happening and being able to sit in a- and observe and then communicate, you know, people's real stories and and sort of um, be there for people doing really cool interesting things and I've always liked that about um, the documentary form and I did a couple student films I was you know doing some um, you know PA work and some even I got to do some shooting on some documentaries while I was still in college um, and then uh, pretty much right when I graduated I in May of 2015 I jumped right into this film. Um, I had kind of that, um, I, I guess I, I didn't want to <laughs> let the drive and desire to just sort of do something burn out before I, you know, f- accepted like a full-time job or something like that. And so that had a lot of challenges for sure.
1: Um, but, uh, we made it happen. I actually don't have uh, formal film background, I went to college for communications and have a general communications degree. Um, but Tyler and I went to the same youth group growing up and I had been around when he was making, um, some films on his own, like in his basement. And he would recruit some of us guys from youth group just to be in these like, i don't know fun homemade fictional pieces and none of them really went anywhere saw the light of day but we've watched them over again and just had some good laughs about crazy times hanging out and stuff um my passion was really that the the underground metal scene was a place that really saved me personally um I deal with anxiety and depression and I was undiagnosed for most of the time that I was engaged in the scene and so the community and the music really just helped me uh, keep a good perspective on life and um, really kept me out of some dark times. And I was going to a Christian high school at the time and uh, I'm still a Christian but I didn't really feel like I fit in with the social norms at that high school. And so when I would go to shows and stuff, that felt more like a home to me. And so my commitment to this project is more because I know the personal impact it had on my life and others have different stories, but overall, almost everybody we talked to in the film said that it definitely had strong impact on their personal life and their friends even many of them still have friends from the scene today so Tyler came to me after college and was like hey I have the film background and I'm really interested in this story and I love the bands and he just basically asked me to come on board and I was able to get him connections with the um some of the Bands that were around, that aren't signed or anything, that um, were really foundational in the Lancaster scene uh, for the film.
0: Tell me about the process of creating this film. Tell like going through the story, following the band, and and how it feels to finally have it, you know, about to be out. Finally, just can't wait for the world to see it and and get their feedback. So tell me about the process of not only creating the film around these bands, coordinating with them, but also how it feels now that it's finally finished.
2: Yeah. I think, uh, I, I can take that one. I mean, uh, it's been, God, uh, I, three years, I I guess now a little over that since this sort of officially started and it came to be because it was a labor of love for everybody involved. Um, uh Eli mentioned Jeremy Weiss um, came on board very early on he was the first interview I did and he immediately wanted to be involved started associate producing and uh, brought in so much in, in terms of uh, not just you know his connections with August burns red and Texas in July and and the bands that he has worked with but bands from outside of, the area like we came as romans or periphery uh or uh spencer from ice nine kills who have either uh in in the sense of ice nine kills like they kind of they they've always said and, and they said this to us uh in an interview we did that you know they're outside of massachusetts which is where they're from like in the Lancaster area uh, was where they sort of found their first sort of niche outside of their hometown. So there's, there's bands that aren't even from here that either, you know, really deeply admire the the bands that come from here or know this or know Lancaster as, um, the real deal in terms of, uh, a fantastic metal scene. So, uh, Jeremy was instrumental in, in bringing like those voices in and, um, has just done so much more than that, you know, from, from that point on. I mean, obviously he, he got us, uh, our premiere at, at launch the, the festival that he runs. And, uh, so he was instrumental in it. Um, later, uh, another friend of mine, Hunter Sita from, uh, Hunter from, from, who was a friend of mine from temple. He, he jumped on board to edit, um, and put in countless hours of, of our, our notes and uh, ideas of his own on how to tell the story from all of the, the footage that we amassed from our own interviews and our own shooting over, over the years, along with um, a lot of uh, old, old video from a guy named uh, Handi Zapata, who was good friends uh, growing up with Texas in July and was sort of for a period of time, like, the resident videographer for the Lancaster scene. Like he was at a lot of shows. Um, he spent a lot of times with bands. He did a lot of bands, video blogs. Um, so he had like just tapes and hard drives of, of unused footage. Um, that was just like a a goldmine of, of amazing moments, um, that otherwise would have been lost to time and totally allowed us to actually tell the story. Um so the short answer is that it's a collaborative a collaborative <clears throat> excuse me. It's a collaborative effort. Um and it wouldn't have come together um without the hard work of a lot of people. Um and yeah, I mean it's again, it's our, our first film. We didn't outside of uh uh a an Indiegogo campaign, we didn't really have uh, we didn't have any funding to speak of. Um, it was, it was self-funded. So that's another reason why it takes a while. Um, cause you have to work, you have to make the money to make the thing that you want to do. Um, so yeah, it was just, I, I mean, I'm, I'm still, when I think back on the whole process, just totally humbled that, um, we've like and thankful for Eli and Jeremy and Hunter and Handy and Dylan and and every Austin and all these people that uh who who are in the credits rightfully so as people who gave their time to make this happen and I'm so like humbled that people uh realized it was a story that they wanted to be told
0: Uh, what was it like to, you know, have to compile all that footage? Let's get into like the um, the stressors of it. Talk about the stress of making a film like this.
1: Well, I felt like from the beginning that I was very passionate, as I kind of shared before about the scene, and so I really, really wanted to be involved because this story's been important in my life personally and the lives of the other uh, people in the scene and in the bands, and so I just wanted to give as much of myself to the project as I could, um, and as Tyler mentioned, we weren't backed by any, um, funding, we didn't have, um, a studio behind us, we didn't have, um, like, a record label, um, associated with any of the bands giving us any funding either. Um, So I'd say some of the stressors included figuring out funding for the project. And um, Mm -hmm. I think for me, I really wanted this project to be as true to the scene and as um, inspiring as it was personally being there on screen. And so I really tried to push to make sure the story was um, Mm -hmm. genuine to what happened um, even regardless of having funding or not Um, a couple times Tyler and I would have conversations about will we be able to Mm -hmm. use this song because we don't know if we have copyrights to it or can we use this or that Um, just in general even though it's a personal local community story with all the sign bands we have to get rights to use their music and all that kind of stuff and so I think for me even though I was very aware of the legal aspect of the various pieces I still didn't want to compromise the story of our scene um, regardless if we had funding or not Um, another stressor was Our, our, sorry, I'll start over because I'm stalling. Another stress, another stressor was that our production crew was really hodgepodge. Um, Tyler and I were pretty consistent through the whole three years of making the film, but then we would just bring in friends for shoots. Uh, His good friend Austin, Mm -hmm. who I met through him, he has a film background, but sometimes he would jump in to help with camera or audio. And then Tyler's brother, Jared, um, He we would drag him along to different shoots. Um, and then for some of the bigger shows at the Chameleon Club, we would try and reach out to friends we knew that had film background. But overall, I'd say... At some points in the process, I was a little hesitant and doubtful because it wasn't this big thing where we just had a solid crew and every shoot we knew we had all these people. It was a lot of Tyler and I, I'd say logistically mainly Tyler, trying to pull together people to do cameras and run sound and cover all the aspects needed for just the basic shoots, lighting and things like that. Um, But in terms of the interviews and the questions, Tyler and I would collaborate and try and come up with meaningful questions. Um, And one thing we found is that as we were doing interviews, we started realizing that we were asking the same questions over and over again and basically getting the same answers. So that was a good challenge in terms of how do we make this narrative interesting and how do we ask broader questions or different questions so that we can get more footage that's not repetitious. Because even though some of the answers were repetitious, we would reach out to a given person from a given band because we knew that they had a different perspective from a, another person so for example would reach out to Ricky from this or the apocalypse because his band was more of a mid-card band and had success but had probably well I wouldn't say probably definitely worked harder in terms of getting tours and stuff once they were signed compared to like Texas in July and August Burns Red so that was definitely something we had to work on was to try and broaden our interview material so that we could have a fuller narrative to add to that. Uh, that, yeah, we both, I think learned
2: so much about how to make a film by making a film. And I think that's really the best and and only way to learn really any creative pursuit. Um, I mean, I, uh, Eli had mentioned, um, uh music rights and and things like that um which i i have to say like we did a like we sort of cleared a a monumental task which was to um clear a bunch of songs from you know different uh publishers and and rights holders and things like that um for you know a movie that didn't really have any backing so we didn't have a lot of um you know ability to 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 push because we were sort of nobody but we had um, an amazing music supervisor named Michael Keeley who was uh, instrumental in getting uh, the music cleared to you know tell the stories of these bands with their music and along with that this like it it really needs to be said that uh, apart from just the 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 various crew that put in time uh, who made this happen, like we really have to thank all of the bands that were involved, Um, whether it was just to sit down with us for an afternoon and share their stories or many like stayed interested, stayed committed, wanted to know how it was coming along, um, wanted to help uh, promote it as it comes out and, like really, just uh, get it out there. So without the help of of the bands trusting us to tell their stories, like it it wouldn't have gotten made at all. So it's it's really so, so much
1: credit and thanks goes to all the bands. The interesting thing I want to add too is that we we had a idea in mind of the narrative, but w- at least together we didn't sit down and storyboard. Here's the beginning, here's the middle, here's the climax, here's how it's going to end. We kind of just talked at different meeting points together about what I personally felt important. And then Tyler kind of gave input in terms of what he thought was important. So I kind of brought the personal aspect to it in terms of being in the scene. And since Tyler wasn't actually in the scene but loved the bands, he kind of gave input into the outside looking in in terms of kind of coming along as ABR was getting bigger and Texas was getting bigger and seeing their success. And so kind of as Tyler alluded to earlier, just every aspect of our film has been very collaborative And just like Tyler mentioned, there's a lot of trust from the bands because we'd basically walk into an interview and say, we're doing a documentary on the Lancaster scene and what it meant to us, and that's basically all the bands had to go off of, and we didn't really have much more to give them than our word that we were just making this passion project, and like he said, I'm just blown away, especially ABR, Um, with trusting us to do this project because JB had mentioned to one or both of us that he's been approached a million and a half times by people saying oh we're gonna do this film about the ABR story and he always says yes because nobody until us has followed through and and I'm actually I gotta say I'm I'm pretty humble but I don't like to toot my own horn but I really want to give Tyler and I props that we were the ones that pulled through on that because it would have been, in my mind, really weird if somebody not from the Lancaster scene would have successfully made this film. So Yeah,
0: no, that's huge, man. It's it's massive, That I was going to say if it wasn't somebody from Lancaster, it wouldn't make any sense. So the fact that you guys did it, it just, again, it goes back to just, shows testament to how strong and and special that community is and you guys are a part of it. So, how's the feedback been? How how did the uh the launch re- the uh premiere go? How have bands that have been in it? How have they been uh responding to it and what do you hope for the release?
1: Just in terms of response from the bands and the project um Matt and JB, especially from August Burns Red, have given us, like, 150% support. Uh, Tyler's been in contact with them mostly, but he's, real. like, JB and Matt have been instrumental in getting posts about the film up on the band's social media and their personal social media. Um, and both JB and Matt... Um, Ricky from This or the Apocalypse, Alex, or I'm sorry, Adam, and Ben from Texas in July, all participated in a panel at our launch premiere, um, just answering questions about being in the bands and um, what they thought of the film. So it's just been really phenomenal the way the bands have uh, supported us in the project and. I've just been really impressed with the Texas in July guys because well, and this is the apocalypse. Though this is the apocalypse is reforming under the name Hawk right now, so they're kind of getting back into things. But the Texas in July guys, a lot of this stuff was in their past, and I I wasn't sure how they would feel about reliving some of these things because they had kind of a lot of them have moved on from music. And so I wasn't really sure, not that they didn't support the scene and didn't love what they did in the band, but I thought maybe they had gotten to a point where they were ready to move on with their lives and just keep going. But they were, they were just as supportive as, um, August Burns Red. They gave us a number of merch that they hadn't sold and they signed some stuff for us for our, um... Mm-hmm. our crowdfunding campaign. So it was just really awesome to work with all the bands. I'm so like, uh,
2: I've just been so happy with the the feedback we've gotten so far. Um, not just from the people who saw it at the launch premiere, um, or the folks who saw it when we were at the Philadelphia independent film festival in May, um, who, you know, people who were either, you know, in in music now or before or from the area or from, uh, we had a guy, um, at the launch premiere who came up and asked a question at the panel who was coming to launch because, you know, the they announced like, uh, August Burns Red was doing, I think, a 10 or 15, 15 year anniversary show there. Um, but then when he saw, the, the documentary was happening on the first night. He got a plane ticket early from, I think he said he was from, like, San Diego. Um, so to make something that somebody would go out of their way uh, to come that far to see was, like, that alone was something I, like, never expected we would have. um. And so just, like, those sort of responses and people who have been you know reaching out to us uh on social media in sort of the 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 dead months in between when since the premiere and and now when we've been trying to get everything ready to release it who have been keeping up with us um and asking when's it coming out like knowing that people really want to see something that we made uh is 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 just such an honor um so i've been i've been stoked on that Um, and yeah, the, the people that, that saw it, who, uh, I think Eli, you told me once that you showed it with a friend to a a friend who teared up a little bit, like just like reminiscing about, um, the, the scene. And, and so that tells me that we really told the story well. and, And I'm really, I'm really proud of that.
0: It is a task and people don't appreciate that at all. And so, I mean, kudos to you guys, absolutely, especially for having limited film background, doing it yourself, budgeting it yourself, because that was going to be one of my my main points was how did you budget this thing? But crowdfunding is one of the greatest sources of funding that we have in this generation, because people will show you that they believe in you with they put their money where their mouth is, essentially. And that's what helps drive film. And not only that, but. Are you guys planning on doing like film festivals with this? What is the what are you guys wanting to do with the movie afterwards? Do you want to go to like Netflix? Like what what is the plan for that, or is there one?
2: So we are. Uh, if you are listening to this on the day it comes out, you can pre-order it on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, if you are listening to it later, you can just buy it. <laughs> um, and we've got shirts and posters available as well. You can go to BarnburnerMovie.com to pick any of that up. There's a link to the shop there. Um, and then we are we are working on digital distribution. As of this recording, we can't say for sure that it's anywhere yet, but we are uh, working on getting it on some digital platforms as well.
1: Also, I just want to give a real quick shout out to my friend Tom Baco. He's the one who designed the Barn Burner and the logo for us. And When it came out, he gave us a couple different versions of the design, but I kept telling Tyler I was blown away. I didn't give him any guidance when it comes to the logo, and he's actually not even from Leinster County. He's from the Downingtown area, and all I said was we're doing a documentary about metal in Leinster County, and the logo just fits perfectly, everything we wanted to communicate, and so just major props to Tom for taking that on and just capturing the heart of our film without he didn't get to see any clips of it he didn't I didn't send him any footage and he just came up with this amazing design that I'm just really pumped can represent our film just uh, again
2: uh, eternally grateful to the band's uh, big big and small who who shared their stories because really it's, it's about them. Um, and that's the thing about documentary is um, unless you're making it about yourself, you're it's, it's a little scary cause you, you want to get it right. Cause it's someone else's story. And um, like Eli mentioned before, it was, it was very personal for, for both of us even more so um, for Eli, but also, you know, everyone has their own, Um, perspective of it and and what happened and you you want to honor those so the fact that um, that that they love it that it it feels like it it, they that the film represents them um, that has been amazing to hear and we're super grateful for everyone who's been involved and we're so excited that people are uh, excited to see the film Um, it's it's just amazing to see um, everyone's hard work pay off and we're really excited to see where it goes
1: I just want to give a shout out to the bands that we didn't cover in the film Uh, we got some feedback throughout the process through social media Uh, my band's from Lancaster scene why didn't you include my band and being in the scene I knew a lot of bands and I knew a lot of stories and there's only so much we can cover in the stories within the film but I still want to give a shout out to all those bands that built the community that allowed us to have this story. Um, And that's even bands that were in the scene before we came along because our film only covers a period from about 2004 uh, to present day. Um, But there are definitely a lot of bands we heard about from August Burns Red and from other bands People that we interviewed that influenced the bands that influenced the bands that we interviewed. So I just want to give a shout out to all the bands in the Lancaster scene um, that built that community for us to tell this story.
0: Awesome! And for anyone in the in the community that may want to start a band in Lancaster, or if they're A kid that wants to get involved in the local scene, how how best could they do that? What would you guys recommend for them to do?
1: Well, it's kind of interesting because the local scene in Lancaster has changed because um, there aren't as many shows in local venues, but a lot of concerts happen just straight up at the Chameleon Club now, even the local shows. But Mm -hmm. one thing that I would just encourage kids to do is to reach out and build community. Um, A lot of the younger bands that I'm seeing coming up, they're really talented and have a lot of things going for them in terms of fan base and social media. But because of social media, I'm not seeing the person-to-person community that I really loved and really helped me personally grow as a person and kept my depression at bay when I was in the scene. So I would really encourage kids to, while they pursue music, while they pursue their band, while they promote their band on social media, reach out to their fans, reach out to their friends, reach out to their families, and rebuild that community that um, used to be there. The person-to-person relationship, their friendships. Um, those, were th- those were the things that mm-hmm. made the... Uh, local Lancaster scene just as incredibly special. Not just the talented music, but the relationships that were foundational to the scene.
0: Yeah, guys, if you if you go to a show with your band as the band, even if you're just watching the show, like you're still making face, you're still being present as your band. It's still a way to get around fans and get around that community. If you guys are around other local bands you're only going to grow together as a community so keep that in mind get off your phone for a second and go to a show and uh make a presence make your presence known (laughs) and where can we find you fellas if we want to follow along with what you're doing and are you guys doing anything after this film are you going to make another one what's your what's your uh what's your next plan if you have
2: You can find the film at barnburnermovie.com, also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, It's barnburnermovie is the handle on every single one of those. Um, Personally, uh, I wish I could say that I have uh, another feature lined up. Um, I don't at the moment. I've been um, doing uh, a lot of short, documentaries um and working on a couple tv shows here and there um but i don't have the uh, an, a, the next big project of this scale yet um but i i would i am I'm, I'm constantly looking for that that next story uh that can be told uh in you know a long format like this tylerhorstmedia.com or
1: tylerhorstmedia on uh, instagram uh you can just find me by searching my name on Facebook, Eli Passage, or my um, Instagram is EBP2615. Um, And at this point, I don't have anything lined up, but I really enjoyed this experience of filmmaking and would love to do it again. Uh, Tyler and I had talked in retrospect after most of the production was done, And there are definitely a lot of shortcuts we would take the second time around or things we would have done differently to make the whole process a lot easier for us. So just going into the future, going through the process once, I would definitely be really excited to find another story that um, is worth telling. For me, I got to be passionate about the project both at a professional production level and a personal level. So I think I'm in the same boat as Tyler in terms of I just need to find a project that sparks my passion in both of those areas.
0: Awesome. And my last question for the both of you is, what is something you know now that you wish you knew when you started making this film?
1: We could, we could go on for another like 20 minutes about that one. Oh man. Um
2: everything. Yeah. Literally literally everything. I think the number one thing is like and and Eli is, is knows this about me. Um I think the number one thing for me would just be be patient. It's going to take time. The, that that was the number one thing I needed to learn from this.
1: Um for me, I think the biggest thing I took away from this was that as much as it's about producing a project and, and telling a story, a bigger piece of it that you don't see on the screen is wor- learning to work with people, working with schedules, working um, with relationships, being patient with one another. In the film process, um, just between Tyler and I, We spent a lot of time together just meeting online and in person. And for me, that was just a lesson in learning to work with Tyler and him learning to work with me and dealing with our personality quirks. And, um, yeah, just the person again, just like the scene, it goes back to learning how to be in person to person relationships. But another piece would be we both talked about, and I think Tyler would agree, that um, if we would do this again, we would work on the funding piece up front a little more um, and also have material because in the beginning, we were eager to go out and do pitches and try and get funding, and we actually didn't have anything to show anybody. And that was very discouraging and a hard place to start from. So those are probably my two biggest takeaways.
2: Yeah. I was just going to say the the, the funding thing is huge. And I think, you know, like I've said before, this, this, this project in particular only really got done because people had uh fire in their bellies to do it. Um, it took longer than I wanted to partially for that reason, because, you know, y- the reality hits you of like, you gotta, you have to, like, there's so much other things in life going on, um, that you have to take care of first when the thing that you want to devote all your time to isn't making you any money yet. Um, if it's going to make you money at all. Um, and because I was coming straight out of college doing it, it took me, I think a little bit for, um, that understanding about just, life can get in in the way sometimes and make things you know it's it's not going to go exactly as you planned and and that's definitely the case for uh for any creative endeavor and and for documentary where you are capturing life like you can't it's not going to go on a schedule um so you just have to be able to adapt and 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 change and um and work through all those things so um yeah i mean we we both learned i feel like every uh, so many new things about almost every aspect of making a film from from the planning of it to the the marketing of it um so it's it's been a learning experience all around
0: awesome well fellas thank you so much for your time and i cannot wait to see this film succeed i grew up watching you know studio updates of bless the fall and like asking alexandria and like I've always been the behind-the-scenes kind of person. I want to see what people are doing, how they got where they are. And so this documentary, I I know personally I loved it, and I know fans are going to love it, fans of ABR, Texas in July. Um, you know, like, it's it's going to be something that stands the test of time. And, I mean, I can see this thing in, like, Hot Topic. I can see it in fucking Target, like, in Lancaster, like, music stores, you know, like – there there are i think there's a lot of potential for this and i really can't wait to see what the feedback is and where it goes from here so thank you guys for making this dedicating your time your passions and uh your stress to this project and uh i wish you the best of luck in the future fellas
2: okay thank you so much for having us and i'm looking i'm really looking forward to hearing this i apologize for my connectivity issues i only heard maybe about uh, half of this, maybe. So I'm looking forward to hearing the episode. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hear what I said. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just want to echo that, too. Just thank you for reaching out and giving us this opportunity. Um, just on a personal level, I was blown away because I just asked you if you could repost a Instagram post for us, and it led to this. So I'm just super grateful that you gave us this opportunity to promote the film.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for for doing this uh, show in general too. It's a really awesome show. It's like a great resource for people and we're stoked to have been invited on.
0: Well, that's what I like to hear. Thank you guys. And I will see you guys very soon, probably at launch here coming up. Wow, thank you guys for checking out this episode of Project Freelance. If you have not heard of Barn Burner, well, you missed the entire episode of this podcast. You should probably start it over so you figure out what Barn Burner is. But go check out Barn Burner. You can pre-order it. I'll put all the links down in the description. Also, Eli and Tyler are going to be at both of the ABR Christmas shows at the Chameleon Club, selling DVDs and Blu-rays of the DVD, of the film. So, go check it out. Go put it in your wish list. Go put it on your Santa's list. Go put it in your shopping cart online. Go get it. Check it out. Support these guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Project Freelance. I can't wait to talk to you guys again next week. We will have Jeremy Weiss, the founder of Launch Music Conference, who we briefly spoke about in this episode. He will be on next week's episode. Launches is a music conference that is unlike any other music conference I've ever been to. So be sure to come back then. And as always, stay strong, keep enduring, and go capture something, guys.